Welcome to the O'Reilly Data Show. I'm your host, Ben Lorica. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to remind our listeners that we do have two event series that they can go and attend and learn more about the topics covered in this podcast. The first one is called the Strata Data Conference, which you can find at strataconf.com. The second one is the Artificial Intelligence Conference, which you can find at the AIConf.com. In this episode of The Data Show, I spoke with Christine Hung, head of data solutions at Spotify. Prior to joining Spotify, she led data teams at the New York Times and at Apple iTunes. Having led teams at three different companies, I wanted to hear her thoughts on digital transformation And I wanted to know how she approaches the challenge of building, managing, and nurturing data teams. And since she works at Spotify, and I'm a music fan and uh, have a longstanding interest in recommender systems, I wanted to understand what makes uh, the Spotify recommender work so well and what are the challenges in building such a recommender system. I hope you enjoy this episode. Christine Hung of Spotify, head of data solutions at Spotify. Welcome to the data show. Thank you, Ben. It's been a pleasure. So let's start off by describing how you organize your data teams today, because you've had several uh, leadership positions at uh, various companies. So how has your thinking on this topic of data teams and data culture evolved over time? Yeah, I would start by saying, I mean, even at Spotify, um, the model we have has evolved a lot. So we started out with a very centralized model where everybody uh, rolled up to finance. And this was more than two years ago. Um, It worked for a while because the team was relatively small, but then it quickly became unsustainable because we grew a lot. And um, it was obvious that the analysts needed to be closer to the business in order to develop their functional expertise. So then we move towards a hybrid model where we have functional analytics teams like marketing analytics or content insights or ads analytics uh, that are really focusing on driving functional impact. And then we have a centralized team that is focused on building internal data products and predictive algorithms. My experience at iTunes, funny enough, um, was actually very similar. So. When I was there, I started out as a senior analyst um, on the iTunes finance team where um, all the business, uh, all the sales analytics happened centrally. But as the business grew, um, as the needs grew, I was promoted to a managerial role to lead um, the analytics team within the iTunes retail organization. I personally think that the hybrid model works really well because you get the best of both worlds. Um, For people who are on the functional teams, they really get the opportunity to develop deep understanding of the business and can therefore provide very, very relevant analysis for decision-making. Also, given that they sit with the functions, they can be a lot more nimble and uh, can quickly react to emerging needs. Meanwhile, you do need a team that's more focused on sort of the longer term, like strategic initiatives, right? And it's great to have a centralized team that can focus on developing these long-term products or developing um, different tools that can support analysts. And the great thing about these teams is that they are not involved in the sort of day-to-day craziness of the business and would have the luxury to really develop and iterate on different analytical products and tools and that can really make the analyst's life easier 
and increase the company's data literacy. So if I'm an organization or company and I want to set up an effective data team, so what are some of the best practices that you've learned uh, over the course of your career? I would say, first of all, I think support from the senior management team, and I meant like support all the way up to the CEO to invest in this area. I think that's probably the most critical. And I'm not talking about just moral support, right? But the willingness to really carve out a significant portion of the budget to invest in the technology and the people. Um, I've seen many companies fail because just, you know, the reluctance to actually invest. And then what happens is that your talented people will be running out the door because they didn't feel like the company is really valuing data and they didn't feel like it's it's a place for them to grow. And that's when um, the whole thing falls apart. Secondly, I would say, don't just copy other companies. I mean, it's very easy to think, oh, let's just look at how Facebook is organized, how they set up their organization, we just do the same thing. Um, I do think it's critical to learn about the pros and cons of different models. But ultimately, um, as a leader in data, you need to pick the model that you believe works best for you, um, for your organization and for your budget. And you also need to be constantly evaluating and adjusting uh, if necessary. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, the, the centralized model worked well for Spotify for a while, but then we had to make changes because we were growing too fast. Um, at Spotify, we say that change is the only constant. And I would say that it's probably even more true uh, when it comes to data. The technologies in the area of AI, machine learning, data science, they're evolving really, really rapidly. And so as leaders, we also need to continue to adapt and optimize um, for our organizations so that we can really drive the biggest impact uh, from, the, from the data we have. So you mentioned the technology in machine learning and AI and uh, big data evolve very quickly. And uh, also, as you know, many companies are also trying to uh, invest and build uh, teams similar as yours. So one of the bottlenecks companies frequently cite is uh, lack of talent and lack of people. Mm-hmm. So right. what what, uh, what programs or ideas do you have in place to uh, bridge that talent gap and help your recruiting? Yeah, um, I would say on recruiting, I think um, working for a brand like Spotify that people just love um, makes everything easier. Um, so as you can imagine, we get tons of resumes. We also have a really great employee referral uh, program. Personally, I get pinged on LinkedIn, you know, just from like people who are really interested in working on Spotify. So, I mean, in general, we're not so worried about the top of funnel um, because we get a lot of inbounds and we have a really strong talent acquisition team. However, I want to say that, I mean, it's certainly not easy to find the right people who are the right cultural fit and also have the right skill set, especially at the more senior level. So at Spotify, the way we solve this problem um, is actually through education. I think it's very, very important for companies to invest both in internal and external education. So at Spotify, we, we focus a lot on educating engineers, data scientists, and business stakeholders to make sure that they are actually up to date uh, in terms of the latest technology and the latest research. We have something internally called the Data University. This is a program where we actually, like employees, we design curriculum ourselves 
um, so that the content is 100% customized to Spotify needs. And we also have just general training and conference budget for individuals to really pursue their passion and continue to learn. I know, you know, companies like Facebook and Airbnb, they have very similar programs um, for their employees. Um, and obviously, this is a luxury because companies need to have the right scale and be willing to invest in this area. But I'm not surprised to see so many tech companies doing the same thing because, to your point, the talent pool is still relatively limited. So your recent experience has been in some of these really top brands, Apple, New York Times, and now Spotify. But as you know, many traditional companies are still going through digital transformation and they're still learning how to use data better. Do you have any specific recommendations for them on how to do this right? Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, I would say, like I mentioned earlier, I think support from senior management all the way up to the CEO, that's still really critical. And then after that, I think it's just, it's, it's very important to be very focused and very clear about what you're trying to achieve and really take an iterative approach. I have seen companies focusing too much on like the type of technologies or platforms to invest in or just getting lost in navigating all the you know different vendor solutions and trying to pick the right one. These big platform investments, as you can imagine, takes a long time to to navigate, right? And you know, if you are not careful, like you will realize, you know, six to nine months down the road that actually you made the wrong choice. Another pitfall that I've observed is that, you know, sometimes companies will treat these decisions as a pure technology decision and not really sort of involving the end users or the power users uh, from the beginning. And then, you know, again, what happens is that you spend all the money, you spend all the engineering hours. And then when you launch a product, your internal stakeholders then tells you that, hey, actually, this doesn't work because you didn't consider sort of X, Y, and Z use cases. Um, my take is that, I mean, the reality is there's really no perfect solution to like all the problems that a company would have, right? So the best thing you can do is to carefully prioritize your use cases. You know, just start very small, like, and also making sure that your end users are actually closely involved, right? Start with a proof of concept or an MVP that can really solve a very specific problem for you, prove out the value of this new solution or this new tool that you pick, and then go from there. And then I would say once you find the right platform or technology that that you need to use, be very mindful about how you in, how and when you introduce them um, to the teams. So your stakeholder or your power users, like I mentioned earlier, should be involved in the process from the very beginning so that you can make sure that they are actually supportive and they are behind the solutions that you pick. And in the future, they can really help um, evangelize for the change. And then you also need to make sure that you invest very heavily um, in your senior leadership team and to make sure that they are on board. For example, I don't think you can tell everyone that, hey, you need to really use this you know, new real-time dashboard. You need to be super data savvy while your senior executive team is still like demanding that they receive daily emails or like summaries about the latest business metric, right? Like you need your senior leadership team to like set great examples for the rest of the company. And if they keep demanding manual reports and not using whatever new tools that you're investing in, I mean, your your digital transformation, transformation is going to fall apart. 
the last thing I would say in this is that um, definitely, you know, if possible, over invest in the training and also like set very clear expectations with your employees. Um, you want to help the employees really learn the new technologies, give them sufficient training. But at the same time, you need to be clear to them in terms of the level of proficiency that's needed. Because as you can imagine, you know, it's going to be a tough transition for some people who are either unwilling or unable to learn the new skills. And you need to be able to identify those people relatively quickly and help them find different alternatives. So now let's talk a little more about Spotify, because there's a lot of Spotify users and fans out there. Sure. What, <laughs> what makes Spotify's data challenges unique? To me, I think, I actually think, you know, for most of the technology or big data companies, I think the data challenges that we face are relatively similar. I think the question is more about, like, where the company is at, you know, in the journey of becoming a very data-driven company. So, I mean, at Spotify, we have made tremendous progress in the last two years to promote a data-driven culture and also invest heavily um, in data science and machine learning to improve our ability to build better products and also just create better user experiences. Now we're at this stage of figuring out how we can like speed things up and just do it faster. You're probably aware of the latest playlist that we we released um, about a month ago. It's called Your Time Capsule. And that's the result of at least 12 months of foundational research um, to understand what nostalgia means to individuals. And we eventually turned that into a product that's you know, now becoming really popular. So again, our challenge is like figuring out how we can move faster and how we can take research and algorithms into practice and have very direct user impact. So why does Spotify seem to know so much about me and other users <laughs> that you can come up with these amazing recommendations? Yes. Um, so what I always say to that is that um, if you really think about it, music is like a mirror and it tells people a lot about who you are and what you care about, whether you like it or not. As Spotify, we love to say that you are what you stream. And that's really true. I mean, as you can imagine, we invest a lot in our machine learning capabilities to predict people's preference and context. And of course, right, you know, all the data that we use to train the models is anonymized. So we take in a large amount of anonymized training data to develop these models. We test them out. Um, we test them out with different use cases. I mean, it could be a new segment that we test out with our advertising partners or uh, could be a marketing campaign. And then we analyze results uh, and then we use the learnings to improve those models. So uh, let me just give you like maybe my personal example to, to just illustrate how this works. And you can really learn a lot about me by just me telling you what I stream. So if you look at my history, my stream history, um, you will see that I use my running playlist only during the weekend in early mornings. You will see that I stream a lot of children's songs at my house between 5 to 7 p.m. Um, I also have a lot of tango and salsa playlists that I created or follow, right? So just pause for a second, like, what, what does that tell you, right? It tells you that I'm probably a weekend runner, which means that I have some kind of affiliation for fitness. It tells you that I'm probably a mother, right? Otherwise, why would I be streaming children's songs, you know, like every evening during a very specific time? It's probably because 
that's when, you know, after work, when I get home and I'm like spending time with my daughter. Um, it also tells you that I'm probably somehow really into tango and salsa and I might be potentially a dancer and that indicates sort of certain preference or lifestyle. Right. So, I mean, just from this in example, as you can see, like we're really investing a lot into um, understanding people's context and their preference by just picking up these different signals so that we can start to capture different moments um, of our users' lives. And of course, you know, the more we understand your context, your preference and what you're looking for, um, the better we can customize your playlist for you. So from your perspective, what are some of the desirable properties of a good recommender system? I would say, you know, for us, it's always like just user engagement, right? User engagement for us always comes first. At Spotify, we actually have a couple of hundred people who are just focusing on user engagement or user satisfaction. And this is also the group that creates uh, all the personalized playlists like Discover Weekly uh, or Your Daily Mix for you. Um, we know that our users love discovery and see Spotify as a very important platform for them to like find new things. Um, but there are also times when people just want to you know, have something play in the background that fits the mood. But again, you know, we don't have a very specific agenda in terms of like what we want to push to you. Instead, you know, we want to really understand what you're looking for and give you something that will make you happy. And this is the reason why we're investing so much um, into our machine learning capabilities. If we believe that you're going to like, like some sort of very niche, unique content, we'll recommend it to you because we think you like it. And you won't have an opportunity to tell us, right, is this something that you really like? And if we get it wrong, guess what? We modify the algorithm and next time you will get something different. We can also do the same thing for like, you know, the most popular like top 100 tracks, right? If we believe that this is something that you might be looking for. So how does Spotify evaluate new technologies and new methods and techniques? And how mm -hmm. do you, how do you ensure an environment where employees can continuously improve their skills? We are a very product tech-driven company, and I think it just always comes down to um, use cases, right? So if we found a new technology that could solve a problem for us, we're more than happy to explore and invest. Um, we highly encourage employees to attend conferences check out the latest research, um, like open source projects. And we're constantly examining our existing stack to see how we can make it better. Spotify is also a very decentralized organization. And we encourage employees to embrace autonomy, to speak up and really do what they believe um, is right for the company. We actually have a very open process that allows everybody, I mean, including like the most, um, most junior person on the team to make suggestions about what the company should be focusing on in the next six to 12 months. And each proposal is actually taken very seriously. Um, we have a very strong HR team that's very dedicated to learning uh, for employees. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, we have this program called um, Data University so that Spotify employees can continue to teach their colleagues about different aspects of data that will help us continue to improve um, our culture. So we talked a lot about the challenges you face, the yes. re the recommenders that you built, the data culture inside Spotify. Everything sounds cool. So then <laughs> now pe the listeners are probably uh, wondering, how do I apply? So what what's the process and uh, why should someone actually work at Spotify? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say, I mean, we're always looking for talented data scientists, designers, data engineers who are passionate about changing the world. Um, Spotify has, as you know, already transformed the music industry. And we have very ambitious plans to go beyond that. Um, This is a super creative and a really fun place where employees are really empowered to do what they think is best for the company. Um, It is also a company that cares very deeply about employees as individuals, which I think is really rare. I would say that, you know, like I have never been so happy and fulfilled at work throughout my almost 15 years of career. And as a company, you know, we're really looking for we're really looking forward to welcoming uh, new talents to join us. And, you know, you can go onto the Spotify website. You know, we have a really extensive list of positions open and we're always hiring. So definitely feel free to reach out or just, you know, reach out to me personally on LinkedIn. And I'm happy to put you in touch with the right people. And if you're ever uh, one of the conferences I chair, I'm constantly trying to convince con- Christine to give talks so you can even meet you can even meet her in person. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. It's been a pleasure working with you. You can follow Christine Hung on Twitter at Spotify. Thank you for joining us. If you like the show, you can subscribe and rate us on iTunes or Stitcher or TuneIn.com or SoundCloud and never miss an episode.